It's episode 41. On the pod with me today is magician Stephen Burchard, an entrepreneur, entertainer, talent scout, virtual event coordinator, and clubhouse expert. We talk about pivoting your events business to virtual events. We talk about the future of business events. Is it in person, face-to-face, online, or hybrid? We also get to discuss Clubhouse. Is it really worth it? Stephen runs a daily Clubhouse 101. Please enjoy the episode, and thanks for being a fab listener. Support me by subscribing and telling your friends. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Hello and welcome. Hi, I've got uh, Stephen Burchard with me today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. You're over in uh, New York. I am. I am. Cool. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for watching. We are live on Facebook. We're live on LinkedIn. We're live on YouTube. Uh, this will be turned into a podcast. So if you're listening right now, thank you for joining us. Uh, you'll be listening to the podcast version. And um, Today, we're going to be talking about virtual events. Events. We're also going to be talking about Clubhouse. Uh, Stephen, would you have known a year ago that you'd have been so big on Clubhouse? A year ago? Definitely not. No. <laughs> a year ago, I was trying to figure out you know, where, <laughs> where my world was going, uh, let alone what the future of uh, you know, social media was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so just uh, you know, rewinding, uh, you got into, I think you had a love of magic in 2005. Uh, and um, uh, that's when you first started your first corporation, which is the, the Magical Memories Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just tell me, uh, tell me. In fact, actually, let's go back to the uh, the Burchard bumper sticker business in school. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that. Uh, it's uh, you're, you're taking it all the way back. So yeah, I mean, when I was, I, I've, I've always been into. Um, marketing and sales. Um, when I was in elementary school, I um, I was taken to like the 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 pool. You know, like when you when you're I mean in the states, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the states, you know, you get your pool pass. You go to the you have like a little town pool you can go to. You pay your fee, whatever. Um, so my mom took me there. We got our picture, we got our pool pass, and all of a sudden I saw a bunch of like we we call it Dare bumper. The Dare is an organization here in the states for it's like uh, I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's it's an organization. They give away free bumper stickers and it's an anti drug organization. I was a put of stories. Um, they they had a bunch of stickers there, so I, I grabbed a bunch of them. I took them with me. I was like, you know, like kids always grab the, them. That's what the point of it is. Then all of a sudden, I took them to school and I was showing the kids and like, oh, I want one. And I learned. I was like, wait a minute. I never got like, like my parents never gave me money for like you know lunch money. And every other kid got that like the you know they wanted a chocolate milk. They wanted all these other things. So I never got any of that. So what I ended up doing is I was like, yeah, you can have it for a quarter. So I, I started selling these bumper stickers for a quarter and. I was able to get like, you know, the chocolate milk. I was able to get all the things that I always wanted because I was selling the bumper stickers. And that's how that kind of started. <laughs> what was you, you said pool? What's pool in the uh, in the States? 
Uh, pool, like a, a like a swimming pool. Oh, swimming pool. I thought you meant swimming pool, but then I thought yeah. no. Maybe, I thought no. Maybe he doesn't mean swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a language barrier. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> what's and and uh, and whilst we're on uh, different languages in, in New York, etc. What's uh, we just? I'm just curious with COVID right now. What's mm-hmm. you know? Is is mask wearing gone? Is is everything back to normal in New York, or how's it feeling in New York? Uh, I, 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 well, I'm right outside the city. I'm not in Manhattan. I'm in Westchester County, which is 40 minutes north of the city. Um, and it's, I'd say it's a solid split. You go into a restaurant, half people are wearing them, half people aren't. Nobody's asking you to do it. I mean, as of, I think, a couple of days ago, they lifted virtually all restrictions in New York. So we are no longer under government mandate to do anything, really. So okay. that's that's a change. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, so, you know, in the sense of what I do for a living, events are back 110 um, percent. So it's been it's been an interesting rush back to what we are. So, so I, I want to talk about that really, events wise, mm-hmm. um, because I I'm wanting to get you're in the events industry. Uh, you know, you book uh, and send. In fact, you're a talent scout, talent talent scout as well. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm interested where you find the uh, the latest talent uh, to book it. But um, what I'm wanting to get an idea of is where the future of events are going. Um, and so, you, so, so now that you're saying restrictions have gone, does that mean that everyone's going back to face-to-face or online, uh, uh, offline events? Just, be, just to interrupt you before I, I let you start, traditionally typically the type of events you've done in the past are very much sort of um uh, uh weddings bar mitzvahs sweet 16s the, the sort of the home uh industry mm-hmm. um much business events as well or, or was it mainly residential so pr- prior to the pandemic it was mostly uh, uh social events is what i call social it. is the better word yeah. thank you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a mostly I was trying social to find the right word so, <laughs> <laughs> so so bearing that in mind and i know that the pandemic will have changed things what's the lay of the land now in social events what's the lay of the land now in business events uh i mean in social events it's definitely coming back 100 percent. i mean it's it's you know, there are still people that are a little nervous, but generally anybody that's going to have a social event, it's going to be in person. It's not going to be a virtual event. Um, they may have a virtual element for, you know, grandma who is, you know, abroad or, you know, in Florida who doesn't want to travel, anything like that. But I would say 99% of social events that I've get that I'm getting right now are, are coming back to, I'm not, I was going to say a hundred percent, but it's really, I mean, it may be once in a blue, you'll see one that is, uh, you know, that's online, but it's mostly, um, in, it's mostly in person stuff. So if we take a, a, let's say a wedding or a bar mitzvah and, um, we're doing a, you're back to face to face. Do you think that, you know, take the grandma in over the, over the, the, the water or, or whatever else, do you think that, it's there to stay the virtual side, the virtual aspects of f- perhaps for the ceremony, perhaps for the speeches, mm-hmm. perhaps. Do, do you think that's uh, going to be something that stays? So it's so it's interesting. You mentioned the um, the corporate and the business element. I think virtual is 100% going to stay for that element. I think you're going to see it in conferences. I think you're going to see it in you know um, 
team building events and even in social events in the for for companies um because i think during the pandemic a lot of people moved to different places and a lot of companies realized that they don't need to necessarily have physical spaces or they can get really great talent from around the world um i mean look right you and i right now are a perfect example of this you know we never would have connected unless it was for this virtual space so the idea of having a virtual space to be able to connect talent is huge and i think that's really where that this kind of thing will thrive is in that, but then it, you know, you still need the things you had before where, you know, if you had an office and everybody's going to be sitting there around the water cooler, or you're going to have, you know, a, a, a golf outing or something like that to have everybody kind of build as a team, you still need to have that team building stuff. And you can't do that when everybody's remotely can't like fly everybody in for a, an afternoon happy hour. But what you can do is you can have like, uh, you know, a game night. You could have, uh, you know, we have an escape room. We have uh, all these different kinds of activities that are that are going to help people to connect and be able to work together for common goals and be able to build this community through the virtual space. And I think that's that that's where it virtual will go and thrive and be consistent forever. Um, and then maybe when weather turns, I mean, it's summertime right now here. So when the weather goes back to being cold and it's snowing and any of those other things you may see that social aspect of it come back where people are like, well, you know, I don't want to go and travel, you know, let's, let's have a game night and we'll, we'll bring somebody in and we'll do like a, you know, whatever for whatever, a couple hundred bucks. So I think that may be where social uh, events end is based on weather. And, and just going, drilling back down to the, uh, to the wedding and bar mitzvah, you know, going to my question, I, I want you to predict, do you think <sighs> that, do you think the virtual is going to be, you know, the, the, you know, more than 50%, let's say in the future. Um, in general or f for myself in, no, in general, in general. Okay. So, so in, in general at a wedding, I I'm sort of asking for, oh, for, for if you had to predict, if you had to put money on it, you know, yeah. in, in, in five years time, are we going to see 50% of weddings still throwing this ceremony online live? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think okay. it's going to be. I think in the social sector, you're not going to see it thrive. Much. I think, I think to some degree, you see part of it thrive. Uh, and I, but I think there's a cost. I mean, at the end of the day, that's yeah. the the biggest element to it is you know there there is a cost, even if it's not a huge cost, yeah. it's still a cost to it. I mean, there there are people that forego the videographer because they're like, oh well, it's just that I, am I going to look at that video? You know, do I need it? So I mean, those people that are going to forego the small the, those pieces already aren't going to invest into a live streaming service. They're going to be, they're going to think, well, I, I might as well get a videographer. I'll send it to grandma afterwards. She could see the highlights from that video. So that yeah. might be the, the move versus live streaming it. But I mean, live streaming, it adds an element. If you do it right, you could have a back and forth element to it. So it could be nice and fun, but will it end up becoming a big thing? I don't think so. No. And do you know something? I think you've just hit the nail on the head with something around cost because I think the 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 thing that most people don't realize is that if you want to turn an event into into virtual as well the cost is significant yeah. because if you want to do it well if you want to live stream well then you need you know multiple cameras decent sound everything everything has to be coordinated you you may as well be filming a filming it for TV uh, yeah. <laughs> and so all of a sudden a a real life event becomes a lot more expensive to do online. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so I can relate to some business events that I've done recently. And, you know, I was just listening to what you were saying and just thinking, and I can totally understand 
uh, where perhaps there's uh, where corporates have got the money, they can easily turn uh, conferences, for example, into uh, live events at the same time, virtual events. But if you've got a a small local event, a business event, where perhaps you know you're already pushing budget to to an extent uh, offline. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to going to do is is invest, you know, and potentially pay, you know, even more, even more than the the current cost of it offline to do it online as well. So, I think cost is a big factor, and I think I th- I'm really glad you've brought that into the equation because I think that's a, a a really good point. So, okay, so if we're thinking about business events, mm-hmm. um, you're, you know, what you're saying, what I'm hearing you saying is the, is the sort of summer started, summer are still uh, there's there's a huge mix, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a huge mix right now mm-hmm. in, in where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and w- so one of the things that you've done during, uh, during lockdowns is you've helped people uh, create more, far, far more engaging events. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit more around how you create that engagement online. So, um, so just to, to touch on the idea, you mentioned the, I'm going to cycle back just a real quick to the, the, uh, the business events and how that's kind of progressing. And you, you touched on this. Um, I think, I think the, I think there's not just the, I think the, the big thing about business events and how budget is, I think business events actually allow for more people to actually be there. So, you know, that idea is important here too, that it's a business event may invest in doing virtual more because they're going to have the opportunity to make more money on it, you know, as opposed to a social event that's it's all going out. You know, any money that you spend is just to to please other people. With a business event, it's kind of a two way transaction. You know, you buy a ticket, so it cover it can cover the cost of doing something like that. So it opens up the audience more as well. Even for a local event, you know, even not necessarily a local event, but like even a small business conference can benefit from that because now it opens up the opportunities even for more people. You know, from your office, you can sit here and tune into it and you know be a part of it as opposed to how it was, you know, where it's just, okay, I have to go to this conference. I have to go be there, blah, blah, blah. So this actually might be virtual is if it's a transactional situation is a bigger opportunity. Um, and that was just the one thing I wanted to touch on with that. Well, and you're then, right. Because so basically what you're saying is, so, so even if there is a cost, it's, you know, it could be an investment or alternatively, inv- exactly. It, or, or alternatively, it could be that you're covering the cost on, on tickets anyway. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then okay. also that's, that's applicable for, um, I, t- I talk about, the not-for-profit sector of being, I mean, we, we started getting into that a lot as well and offering and helping. Cause I mean, you mentioned engagement and I, I'll get to that in just a second, but the, uh, the engagement factor, I drive to nonprofits a lot because that's a hard thing. Nonprofits immediately pivoted to, I don't know about immediately, but a lot of them pivoted automatically to the virtual space because they needed to keep doing fundraising. And they're like, I just, you know, 2020 was all about, Hey, we're going to go from in-person to online. That was the move. Like we had to get it. We had to continue going, just get it online. I don't care what it looks like. Just do it. So that was like, that was 2020. 2021 is kind of transitioned now to being like, okay, well, we did that last year. It happened. Was it good? Was it bad? It just, it happened. That's the important thing is it happened. So now we, we've, we've made it happen. How do we now do, how do we make it like good? How do we build community? How do we build engagement? How, you know, because people are, people have seen really bad live streams. They've seen really bad events. Now, how do you make it where it's a good event or how do you make it where it's a, 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 a more engaging and more community building experience? Okay. So that's the next step. So now that, that when we're doing that, I think, I think um, not-for-profits are really going to see that grow because nonprofits are going to be like, okay, we're, we're, we're doing domestic violence. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. Not to be, you know, whatever, but like, uh, you know, 
let's say whatever the topic is, we're going to do, you know, making more, you know, dogs happy, whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever the topic is, you, you, that they're not just the people in your area that, that like that. There are people globally that will support that. So people, you know, maybe somebody in Singapore wants to be a part of a New York organization that's going to be doing this. They believe in that cause. They're going to donate, but they can't go from Singapore to New York to just to attend this small event. Well, you go on, you do it virtually. That person can attend virtually and they can donate virtually. People from around the world can donate. So the opportunity is huge for that organization. And now that's where I think that's, you know, besides business, that's where I think people can, can thrive. But it's another monetary transaction. You know, they're going to increase donations. So that's a good reason to do it. So I think the ones where virtual really grow is anywhere you can increase, you know, your reach, your, your, you know, that kind of aspect of it. Yeah, it makes sense. Have you have you supplied much talent or uh, magic acts to uh, to to making dogs happier uh, events? <laughs> no, no, I have not, not yet. <laughs> Although it's funny, now I know we're going to get into this in a bit, but the uh, it's funny. I, I work, uh, I, I work, I, I help out uh, doing an onboarding room for the largest dog lovers group on Clubhouse. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, Simon Marcus watching. I must say, when you said, when you talked about phenomenal events and sort of going from 2020 to 2021, how there's a big jump, I agree. Me and Simon worked on a, a joint project and, you know, we took that event to the next level in terms of the quality of output for live uh, and the the quality of, of output for, for video capture afterwards. But you're right. It was nothing like what we'd have done in 2020 in 2020 it would have just been you know let's just do it on an iphone yeah exactly <laughs> exactly let's, let's just make it happen and and nothing else but i think you, i think i think you've got to have the quality you've got to uh people are past that and 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 there has to be the quality there mm -hmm. so yeah i wouldn't mind just going into a few tips on the uh virtual events if you were running a virtual event maybe a hybrid event um uh, trying to uh, get engagement. And here we're talking about business events, so maybe to drive revenue, to drive transactions. What? Well, how do you? How do you? What are some of the key things to to create that engagement? Well, I think I think that's funny. Is I think engagement is the key thing. I think that's the biggest problem that people face is that they um, they're so used to they're so they're so um, focused on the content that they're not focused on in, then getting people to, to, to invest in what they're doing. Um, and I think that's the most challenging piece of it. And it really is challenging because, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of companies, a lot of people that are doing the actual production are like, Oh, just pre-record it. We'll put it up there. It's better quality. It's guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, my belief is no, I'd rather, I'd rather the risk the live so that way you can build more engagement. Cause we could sit here and be like, Simon, thank you so much for joining us. You know, a drop, a drop, a, you know, hi in the chat. If you guys are watching us, thank you so much for coming here. Make sure you're showing. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're going to ask a question be like, okay, now what, what would you prefer right now? Do you want to talk about virtual events, clubhouse, or do we want to talk about hybrid events? Do me a favor, drop in the comments right now if you which one you would prefer to talk about. We can continue that conversation. And now you're really pulling people in. Somebody will somebody will drop in the chat. Oh, we want to talk about Clubhouse. Great. We can now we can convert, we can divert that conversation and actually have a live conversation about what people are invested in versus we're just going to tell you what we want to tell you and screw you if you don't like it, you know, kind of thing. And that's not good. I mean, that's why I would say, and, I, and somebody, I forgot where I saw it, but early on, somebody said, um, what's the difference between a pre-recorded conference and a YouTube video? Nothing. Why would somebody, why would somebody pay, uh, pay and sit for a pre-recorded eight hour conference when they could watch it on YouTube later or what, you know, watch YouTube videos about it later. What's the point? They're not going to pay for it. There's no, there's no, 
there's no value you're delivering with that. The reason why, and, I, and I'm also a believer that if you're going to do a conference, do, don't offer after, don't offer the recorded aspect of it. Because if you offer the recorded aspect, they're not going to attend the live one. They're not as likely to attend the live one. It's if you put it as live only, you charge for it, put it as live only, and deliver uh, live people doing the conference, you're going to now have an actual event versus just a video playing. So Well, well I mean, okay, so firstly... Uh... I was one of those people that didn't attend because I knew it was going to be recorded on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. That's a so that's, perfect so example. <laughs> that's a, a great example. Um, the second thing that you uh, mentioned uh, was around, um, <clears throat> you know, so, so for example, this right now. Okay. So we're doing this live. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I have debates with a few people around this, and I think that I've, I'm starting to feel a sort of a 50-50 camp here. So there's people that prefer it live. I prefer it live. I think it's a bit more uh, real. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you haven't got a choice. You've got to be good. You've got <laughs> to uh, to give it your all. Uh, there's no, oh, can we just take that bit out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, mm -hmm. can we just press pause and, and just have a break for a moment? And It's all right. You can rewind over that, can't you? Uh, <laughs> and and, and I think actually, if anything, that gives you a um, a comfort blanket, and mm -hmm. it gives you, it, you know, it allows you to make mistakes. It allows you to 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 not be quite as in the moment, and and so, but there's a, but I think there's about fifty percent of people that have a very good argument for recording it uh, for recording it because they will say, well, you know, we'll get rid of all the errors, we'll get rid of all the gaps the pauses will will it'll be really polished very high quality um and they sort of have quite a good argument but but i think your argument wins the, it's it's, <laughs> it, it's I, it, I will say this um i was gonna say i think i think it depends on the content and i say this almost about everything that i talk about when it talks about strategy wise you know it's it, it's actually gonna i'm gonna go back it's interesting is I, so my background i went to school for marketing and psychology so like i i never and i use that for my business but now i've kind of taken that into like what i actually do for clients because like part of the pandemic i was doing events we were providing talent that's all we did is provide talent now we've kind of pivoted to actually helping people design their strategy i mean between virtual events and clubhouse now talking about this it tends then and that was my point is that it depends on your intent what's your intent what's your end goal with the content if your end goal is to deliver a tv studio quality product then yeah maybe pre-record is the way to go because and then you can say i don't really care i'm going to have it pre-recorded and post it up afterwards and i want it to be as best as it possibly can be that if that's the goal then you don't care about the engagement factor then yeah go for the pre-recorded that's the way to do it but if you want them to be attending an event if you want them to be invested in the event then yeah then do it live and then do it the, even if there are errors even if somebody you know glitches out even if their microphone stops working people understand especially at this point people understand they might not like it but people understand People understand that things happen. Everybody's been on a Zoom call where all of a sudden their internet cuts out. Everybody's been a part of something that's happened. So it happens and people understand that. Um, so I think, and I, I think people always understand that as, as well. As something I've realized is, you know, clients might not like it as much. We want us to have backups, make sure you do your speed test, you know, all those things. But if it happens, it happens and people understand that. Um, so I think that's the key with that. You know, and I, and I think, um, and I think also, you know, it's one, the intent, but also like what you're doing, like if it's a performance, so like let's say he's doing, uh, you know, a musical performance, 
you could pre-record that because guess what? The engagement factor isn't really going to be there anyway. You know, if somebody's just playing a song, then what does it matter if it's pre-recorded, if it's live? You know, the live factor is nice because you can still call people out. And I think talking about the engagement factor, there are some key simple things people can do. And I did, I mentioned one earlier where I'm telling somebody drop this in the chat, that, that, you know, so you're engaging with people. And then afterwards, if someone dropped in the chat, this certain thing, you can then say, Hey, I saw that you said this, or, Hey, I saw you said that. So then calling people out by name, those are just two simple, simple, simple things that people can do today. In the, you know, if they go to a zoom call and they start engaging people that are in the chat or that they see on the screen, like, Oh, you know, John, I didn't realize you had that blue shirt. That's a really nice one, that kind of thing. So I think that is really a key thing. If you could turn around and, and have that in there, um, that would be a good way to, to, to allow for people to really engage. So that, and even with the mention that mentioned that the uh, musical performance, you know, somebody can do that in the musical performance and still have that engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And as Stephen says, if you are watching right now and you've got questions, please do drop <laughs> something in the chat. Uh, I would normally say that anyway. Uh, so um, I wanted to, you know, uh, where I'm curious, totally off tangent, but it's more more in your world. Uh, you're a talent scout. How do you where, where how do you find the best talent? How do you, where do you spot the new rising talent? Um. So interestingly enough, I am I'm still a, I perform a lot. I'm still an entertainer. I'm a, you know mentioned you mentioned magic earlier. Um. I'm a magician. I now do games and you know uh, team building exercises and things like that. Um. So like I'm still out there and still executing and I'm still involved in different events and I'm always I always have, this is how I've always been as I've always had my eyes open to to new people and people that I've I've seen. I mean I was at an in person event this past weekend. And I picked up two people to work with in the future as opportunities to say, okay, you know, if cl clients need this service, I'm kind of a, a more of a, a, I call it a talent scout just because I think people understand what that is better. I'm a, more of an entertainment broker. Somebody comes to me and says, hey, Steve, I want this. I want, you know, uh, I want a, a DJ who can do backflips while, you know, whatever, you know, that kind of, so like, I need this. And especially, I mean, as a, as a marketer, experiential marketers is really like the, the place that sees this the most. Cause I was talking to one, they're like, I need, you know, ballerinas underwater, you know, it's these like crazy things that clients have these ideas and they want to execute these ideas. So like, how do you do that? You come to somebody like myself who's seen a lot, knows a lot of people, knows a lot in this world. And I can find people uh, what they're looking for. I mean, I, I talk about a couple of key ones that I've done. I, I helped a client find an elephant for their wedding. I helped, uh, you know, a client get mermaids for their pool party. I, Real I, mermaids? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, you know, a Las Vegas showgirls for a, for a 50th birthday party, like all these different crazy things. So it's like allowing people to get what they want. And that's kind of where it is. It's just having, so whenever I'm at an event, wherever, whatever, anywhere that I see somebody that's good, I'm like, give me your information. And I just store them. I mean, I might not talk to somebody for years and then I'm like, Hey, are you still doing this? That, you you still doing backflips whilst DJing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or honestly, it's like it's like, and I'm really good at connecting things together. So like, I might know this guy can do these backflips. So like, hey, you can still do those backflips. Let me teach you how to DJ, so that way you can now execute this job. And it's that's what I. I mean, that's the things I do. It's just like connecting the right people to the right jobs, and putting them like you know, fitting the puzzle pieces together, and then maybe trimming them so they fit better. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. We've got someone on Facebook saying, "I agree. I attended a Tony Robbins virtual." live event which was uh, amazing so yep there we go uh so uh, i want to talk about clubhouse now okay. i um i was an early adopter like yourself mm -hmm. uh i was uh i, I spent a, a bit of time on clubhouse i since turned around and said 
Clubhouse is for people that have nothing better to do with their time. Um, and lo and behold, Stephen, you've been on Clubhouse for many hours a day <laughs> for a few months. But uh, tell me more. Um, I'm, and, and you've been, you know, in one of the worst hit industries. Mm -hmm. So I imagine you have had a bit more, bit more time to play with, which is only, you know, which which is fair enough. Um, but actually you've really seen some huge opportunities in clubhouse and you're still using it right now. Um, you know, I understand the platform. I get it. Tell me more, tell me to convert me, tell me more about what's been happening, how you've used it. Um, and what's, what's happening right now on clubhouse. And, and, you know, I think you were saying to me in the green room that you actually get more money out of clubhouse for, uh, revenue wise than you did in LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually. Wow. Um, hundred percent. That that one, that one, without a doubt, is is if, if I'm comparing uh, comparing the the connections and the money, and the value I've gotten out of Clubhouse versus LinkedIn, Clubhouse wins without a doubt. Um, and it's funny as I've invested a, t a lot of time into LinkedIn as well. Um, but anyway, the the point is is that I think Clubhouse, it, the 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 way to approach it's it's based on the way you approach it. So if you approach, if you if you understand what your intention is with with Clubhouse, and you really create a plan for how do you what do you want out of it, and you come in there with that intent, and start to execute that intent from you know day one or day ten or whatever. Once you start doing that, you'll start to see where the value comes. And I think a lot of people, and I mentioned this in the green room as well. I think a lot of people, um, when they look at if they when they approach Clubhouse, they kind of just go in there and just kind of see like what's going on here, like. Well, this is this is a lot of stuff. There's there's cryptocurrency over here. There's you know digital marketing over here. There's somebody talking about you know shoot your shot rooms, which is like dating rooms over there. It's like wait a minute, this is way this is not what I'm into. This is way too much stuff. And it, but that's like and I mentioned this this analogy to you. It's like it's like going to YouTube and just saying, hey, I want to learn something. Tell me what to learn. And it's like if you're brand new to YouTube and you just jump on the on the front page of YouTube, it's not going to deliver you what you want to see. It's going to deliver you generic content. Same thing with, it, with a clubhouse. You go there, you don't follow the right people, you don't follow the right clubs, you don't join the right conversations of, with, or conversations that you're interested in or that are going to deliver value to your your intention. Then yeah, you're gonna. It's a waste of time. Then yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a time suck. It's going to you know whatever. It might just be you sitting there and, and but it might you know sitting there just, you know taking in information. Um, but then if you, at the same breath. If you go in there and say, okay, I am here for, like, personally, when I first joined, I was like, I'm here for virtual events. I mean, I even got the handle virtual events. That's yeah, my I've handle. Seen that. That's cool. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's the point. It's like, I made a decision day, like, five on the app. I was like, you know what? I am going to be here for virtual events. That's my intention. Even though you, I, you know, you mentioned it, we we did in person events, we do brokerage of entertainment, we do like we do all of that, and that was really my world prior to the pandemic. Is for you know twelve to for whatever it is fourteen years, twelve years, whatever the numbers are. Uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was doing in person social events. Big pivot, pandemic. Now I'm in Clubhouse. Well, do I go back? Do I focus on the thing I did prior to the pandemic, or do I focus on my future of what I what I had decided on? So I decided I'm going to do virtual events because it allows me the most global reach. And that was that's the reason I did it is because now I can reach people in Singapore, I can reach people in you know the UK, I can reach people all over, and I did, and that and and doing that allowed me to to, to kind of expand. And that now now I always say Clubhouse is like a Clubhouse is a, a living podcast one, so people can come up on stage, they can ask questions, they can be a part of the conversation. 
but more so, at least it, for what I for what I use my intention was, it's like networking on lightning speed. You are able to connect with people, talk to people, and have real connections with key people more than anywhere else in the world. And, you, you know, if you are like, hey, I want to connect with this person, you have the opportunity to literally be in, with that person on a stage, not in front of them, like visually, but speaking to that person that's a key influencer, a key person that you want that information to be able to connect with. Now that's your, whether it's your client, your customer, your whatever, you, you have this opportunity or, you know, a mentor that you've always wanted to connect with. You have an opportunity to really connect with this person. So being a part of those conversations and then, and, and you know, but then it's like anything else. If you don't take that information and you don't take that opportunity and bring it offline you don't take that opportunity and capitalize on it it will only just be that moment you can follow that person you can do whatever but if you don't send them a message say hey it was great chatting with you thank you so much let's set up a zoom call so we can further this conversation you know let's set up a, a phone call let's set up a con let me let me send you something let me send you whatever you know i want to you know i want to perpetuate this if you don't do that if you don't take that step it's like anything in business it won't work out it will it'll be a deadly it'll just never work so i'm i'm gonna come back to this you know clubhouse is is like is like um is an opportunity, but you need to capitalize on the opportunity. If you if you don't, you, it's going to be a time suck. It's going to be a waste of time. It's not going to work. But if you go in there and say, "I have a narrow focus. I am going to spend my time. You know, I'm going to spend you know an hour a day, two hours a day, five hours a day, whatever the time frame is. Obviously, the more time you do spend on there, the more opportunities come to play. But if you take it and you say, "I'm going to be in just these rooms. I'm going to just join these conversations. I'm going to just be a part of that," then you're going to get the most value out of it. But, you know, just like YouTube, there's there's, you know, if you go on YouTube, you say the same things, you'll get a lot of value. But there are some people that will go onto YouTube and watch cat videos and then watch, you know, people falling off trees. You know, they'll watch all that. You have that on Clubhouse, too. It's a social network. It's a social not networking, but social media, whatever you call it, social app. So like the end of the day, even it's audio, they still have the distracting content. They still have, you know, the comedians, the musicians, the this, the that. So you can get pulled into a rabbit hole and be like, oh, I'm just here to kind of absorb. But you, if that's your intention, that's totally fine. This is my distraction. This is my radio. This is my whatever. So I think you just need to approach it and say, I have this intention. I have this plan. I have this goal. And how am I going to achieve that goal? You have a, uh, a daily clubhouse. Is that right? I do. I do uh, Clubhouse 101, which is uh, tips and tricks on how to best use Clubhouse. And um, that, what time is that? It's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So as soon as we're done with this, I'm actually going to wrap up and, and get ready to go for that. <laughs> and that's uh, Monday to Friday, is it? Monday through Saturday. Monday, Saturday. See, that's the other thing with Clubhouse that I've noticed, is that it it's it's very much more a weekend app as well. Uh, it's different. Yeah. There are definitely different people on the weekend during the week. I feel like it's much more business oriented, much more, uh, you know, you'll see, uh, marketing, you'll see, uh, you know, any kind of business related rooms. Cause a lot of these entrepreneurs, a lot of these small business owners are either on the app or they're, I mean, are on the app in general, but I mean, either presenting or absorbing while they're at work, while they're doing this. And then the weekend you tend to see, um, more social for sure. Um, but you also see a lot of the weekend warriors, the people that are like working during the week that are on the app that are kind of not as focused on the heavy business stuff. Yeah. Well, and so what are the topics that you cover in clubhouse 101? That's how to use clubhouse. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we do, it's, it's kind of a, it's an onboarding room. It's also like a Q and a style room where people can come up on stage. I actually started this with a, a co-founder of, of, of the, of that with me. And actually we kind of pivoted. Well, we started with that. So day like three on being on the app, 
um, I started doing this. So I, th- I think it was day two or day three. I went on the app day one, had a great onboarding from a bunch of people that were already on Clubhouse. And then I realized kind of petering on the app, or on the app people had no idea how to use this thing. They're like, I don't know what buttons are. What is, and I had, I had the great experience being brought onto it. So I, I hosted a room saying, hey, if you don't know how to use it, here's how you use it. And that's just perpetuated for four months straight. <laughs> so it's been it's amazing. It's been insane. It's, but it's, it's so funny. So we learn, and I, and every day I learn more about it. I, I kind of like people give me other people come up on stage and like, Oh, did you ever think about doing this or anything of this? So it's like allowed me to really learn how to like use the nuances and like, you know, whatever, whatever the, the certain small things about it. Uh, I mean, perfect example is when I, you know, I mentioned the, the handle piece of it and like the, the name where I have virtual events. I mean the most, you know, if you want to be searched on clubhouse, the first thing that gets searched is your handle. So your bio, is searchable but the handles the most searchable so you can actually change your handle that allow you to be pushed up in the rankings for key terms so if you wanted to let's say you wanted to be you know uh you want to be found for digital marketing you could be like digital johnny and then you know that'll that'll bring you up as soon as somebody types in digital you'll be high up in the rankings because of that so that allow you to get more people to to see you and connect with you based on that information so i went so wrong by going for at johnny ross then well it's interesting so uh, one of the co-hosts of our room actually says that he's like well if you have because you're now doubling your information and if you think about LinkedIn or instagram is this a similar situation instagram pros always tell you use your name field as an opportunity to be found higher in searches you know cha- don't use it as your name because you're now doubling your name you have your name in your handle you're also going to put your name in the name field you're now doubling the information same exact situation when it comes to clubhouse if you take it your people will search your name they're going to find it based on your name but then they'll find it also based on your handle so you can change your handle very 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 interesting point i like it uh so um you're doing uh, daily clubhouses um what uh what you what how much how long are you spending on the app each day at the moment at the moment i'm not as much as i had been i, I we have a, how, we have a couple how long or should i say sorry to sorry to uh you know how long would a clubhouse 101 typically be let's put it that oh way. it's it's an hour it's an hour a day okay so right. we do one. We do that particular room an hour a day. Um, I have uh, this past week. I haven't been doing, or the past two weeks, I haven't been doing my other rooms. I also do like a clubhouse two hundred one, and, and and I don't know if you if you understand this, but in the states we have like when you go to university, you have different levels. So you go like one hundred one is basic, two hundred one is the second level, three hundred one level above that. And I know it's very United States kind of like mentality. So anybody that's watching from around the world, that's kind of where this came from. And I, it's actually funny is that I never knew that until somebody joined my room. And they're like, "What is with the one hundred one, two hundred one, three? Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a U.S. thing. When our universities, you go levels based on numbers. Anyway, um, so we do a 101, a 201, which is about like moderating rooms and a 301, which is about creating clubs and how to be successful with those. Um, and we do those throughout the week. So when I was at my my prime, I should say, for lack of better terms, I was hosting um, probably almost two rooms a day for an hour each. So it's about two hours, two hours dedicated to doing it. Um, and then... I would join other people's rooms and just be a part of conversations. And and the biggest thing is it's it comes down to multitasking. Like, you know, I'd have Clubhouse going on next to me over here and I'd be sitting on my computer. I'd be doing whatever I'm doing. And, you know, if someone has a question like, hey, you know, Steve, how do you press that button? I'm like, oh, okay, you know, da, 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 da. and I answer and I continue what I'm doing. But it's if you think about it this way, I, I people are like, I can't do that. How are you going to be? A, well, how many people will listen to podcasts while they're working? How many yeah. people listen to the radio yeah. while they're working? Same idea. Yeah, I, I and and I sort of experimented with that when I was first uh, playing with the app, and and I do agree you can multitask, um, but then at the same time, you know, going back to the word engagement, if you want to 
be seen in that room or if you want to be heard in that room, you've got to be like properly deeply listening as well. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it, it is, a, it is difficult. So I'm just wondering on your take, um, you're a big clubhouse fan, so I don't know if this go, this, this might uh, manipulate your thoughts, but I'm wondering what you think to things like Twitter spaces. Um, and, um, and, and I'm trying to grab the names of any of the others that, uh, any of the other social platforms that are going to be bringing out, uh, audio as well. I think LinkedIn is, uh, I, I think, uh, Spotify is, or did, I should say, they just launched well, a couple of days ago. You tell me more, Stephen. So which, which <laughs> networks, which networks have got audio and, and can you see any of them taking off? Uh, Twitter spaces I've heard about, I've never been on it. Um, I know, um, LinkedIn has said they're going to come out with it. Twitch is coming out with, has come out with one. Um, and then Spotify just can't just, well, they acquired something called locker room and then they converted it to their own. So they, now they have their own space as well. Uh, and then uh, Facebook is going to come out with one as well. So those are the ones off the top of my head. I know about, and I know there, there's another one I forgot off the top of my head, but anyway, there's their Instagram. Instagram. I don't know if Instagram is doing their own, no. Okay, but I don't so, know what. So, what so, so, so your thoughts, uh, you know, are they going to, are they going to have any, uh, um, so Twitter Spaces has been around for a while now and hasn't really in, in, in affected, uh, you know, Clubhouse if you think about it. So I mean, Twitter Spaces has been around long enough where if it was going to affect it in any major way, it would have. I think, I think in general, I think in general, um, each of these social networking apps have their audiences already. So a an Instagram person isn't going to become a Twitter person, a Facebook person isn't going to become, you know, a LinkedIn person necessarily. I think, I think you're going to have each of these people that live in these ecosystems already are going to maintain those ecosystems. So if they're in there and they're big and that's their world and that's where they operate, then they'll appreciate having this feature. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think clubhouse is what it is. It's like saying, um, it's like saying I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to LinkedIn to try to search for a how to video on how to fix my, you know, whatever. No, you're going to go to you're going to go to YouTube for that. Like if you want to find that how to video, you're not going to go to LinkedIn and try to find that video. The user experience is not going to be what you want. Now, I think when people think audio, audio app or audio, you know, networking communication, they're going to think clubhouse. That's what the first thought is. Cause that's, that's, what they are, all they are, only thing they are. Other people will just be copycats. Other people will just be adding on to it. Other people will just be trying to trying to infuse that into what they do. Will it work? Maybe. Will it be better? Maybe. But the question is, can Clubhouse? I think the club. I think right now, Clubhouse is in a situation where they have the opportunity to lose, not that somebody will overtake them. I think if clubhouse can maintains and doing it right clubhouse will just, it has such a lead way to it and they've already gained such a large um, user base and, and a fan base for lack of better. Well, just for what it is, it's not just user base for fan base. So like people really are believers in, in clubhouse that they'll be able to have that core maintain it. Cause there's so much great information at the end of the day, if you're a new you, like if you're a new user and you're like, Hey, I'm going to start my small business. Honestly, you could go to clubhouse and learn half the things you need to know. I learned a crap ton about, uh, you know, virtual events. And I'm like, that's what I do. 
I have picked up so much from that just by ho- helping host rooms and things. I'm like, Jesus, like, it's just my knowledge base. Like I talk to clients now and I'm like, where did I look? I learned it from clubhouse. It's I truly did. So now like yeah. taking that information and being able to, to bring it. So, you know, even if you're a new user and you've never been on there and you just want to sit there and listen to it, you can gain so much knowledge by being on there even now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think like you just insinuated, uh, when, when Twitter first came out, uh, we were amazed how we could reach CEOs or, you know, or, or celebrities or, or whatever else. I think that's the same with Clubhouse that you'll be amazed at some of the people that you can mm-hmm. reach on there. Um, I can see Spotify maybe doing well because I think music was a big part is, is, was a big part of Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I could p- perhaps see that moving to Spotify. Uh, it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I don't think, uh, any of the, I agree with you. I'm not sure. You know, Twitter Spaces. I've not seen anything really. I tried it. Uh, I, I don't think we got a single listener. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it was it was, uh, and and that was me and a, and another big account actually. Um, and um, yeah. Anyway, so so there we go. Um, <laughs> Stephen, uh, maybe there's a uh, an amazing magician watching right now. Maybe they want to be uh, increase their bookings. What's the best way to get hold of you, Stephen? If if uh, if you're talent and you're wanting to be signed up. <laughs> uh well you can definitely reach out to me through uh through linkedin it's Stephen burchard i mean i'm i'm the Stephen burchard <laughs> um and then but then uh you can also contact my company it's uh magical memories entertainment uh and that's uh www.mme123.com mme123.com and so maybe you're wanting uh, a dj that can do backflips maybe you're wanting uh, <laughs> mermaids for a pool party uh, you need to head over to mme123.com uh, and you're at virtual events on clubhouse as well mm-hmm. yeah that's so me. you run at 10 o'clock eastern 10 a.m eastern mm-hmm. time i think that's 3 p.m in the uk uh, right now so it's in, a, in yep. an hour's time is that right Yes, yeah, an hour yeah. from now. Okay, so for UK listeners uh, or watchers, it's 3 p.m. in the UK, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time, and that's Clubhouse 101. Uh, so uh, uh, perhaps you'll see me there. Um, uh, in an hour's time, I'll be I'll be uh, on another call, but <laughs> you never know. I If I'm going to go on Clubhouse, Stephen, I will absolutely come to your room. Fantastic, that's, I appreciate that's, it. That's, that's fair to say, isn't it? <laughs> so if, if, I come on, if I come back on Clubhouse... I'll be, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> Stephen, this has been delightful uh, and, uh, and, and really informative. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. I can't believe how quickly it's gone. Uh, <laughs> so, so thank you so much for your time. Um, you, you've, you've said LinkedIn or clubhouse or, or the website. So we've got where you are, uh, Stephen, thank you again. Um, and, um, enjoy your day and, if you've been watching, if you've been listening, uh, and this has been helpful, uh, please do like, share, comment, tell your friends, etc., etc. But that's bye from me and from Stephen. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleek.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, tag me in your social media posts, and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon.